Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I am committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. And guess what? You can begin working on this from day one. It's true. You can even be prepared for your child's exhausting sleep habits before your child arrives. And this is all about being proactive, y'all. So I am excited to share with you that this week, my online newborn course, Sleep from the Start, launched. It is ready for you. This is an online course that is made up of four sessions. We're going to walk through the mom, the home, how to set up the home, how to set up the environment, talk about the process of getting your baby to sleep, whether it's nighttime, nap times, all the times in between. I want to give you daytime routines of how this actual process is going to work. And we're going to walk through your baby's development. So there is no guide. There is no manual. When you have your baby, you just have a newborn baby in your arms. There is no instruction book that accompanies it. But I have been able to walk through this course with you to give you the manual on sleep. And I'd like to read a review from a mom who just finished the course, Erin, who shares her experience inside Sleep from the Start. Erin says, before I took Sleep from the Start, the only thing I knew about newborn sleep was that she wasn't going to sleep for very long stretches, and I shouldn't expect to sleep through the night anytime soon. The only information I could find online was everything is on demand. They're eating, they're sleeping, and after three weeks of letting my newborn completely call the shots, I was desperate for something other than on demand. I had no idea what were realistic expectations, but I knew I could not continue to have three-hour awake parties in the middle of the night. In my desperate, sleep-deprived state, I reached out and learned about sleep from the start. Becca didn't give me a schedule for my newborn or even talk about sleep training her, but she did help me understand baby's sleep development, routines to put in place to help her learn to sleep well, and realistic expectations. I think knowing what to expect and understanding the development of her sleep was the biggest help of all. Not knowing what's coming is frustrating for me. At two and a half months old, my baby girl is now giving us eight-hour stretches at night and naps like a champ in her crib. I wholeheartedly believe every expectant mom should learn from a sleep consultant. We take birthing classes, newborn classes, and breastfeeding classes. Why not a sleep class? Erin, I could not agree anymore. And so today I am sharing a bonus from my course. This is a 12-minute segment of a one-hour interview that I conducted with Dr. West. This segment is important to me because it gives you actual questions and actual things to look for when you are choosing your pediatrician. I did not know that you could interview a pediatrician, and so I find today's talk with Dr. West about tips for choosing a pediatrician, whether you're looking for all the options or specific things to ask, is really helpful. So to go along with this episode, if you will go to the show notes, you will find the questions listed out. You can screenshot them and save them for when you do conduct an interview with a pediatrician. Now, Pediatricians are incredible, and I have been very, very grateful in the past few years to connect with local pediatrician offices and even had pediatrician clients because we all want your baby to be happy, healthy, and well-rested. So shout out to all the amazing pediatricians out there where I have been doing presentations and group chats because it's important to continue the proactive measure of teaching your baby how to sleep well. 
but you don't have to be in a pediatrician's office or be a pediatrician to know about sleep. You can head to onlinenewborncourse.com to check out and to purchase the Sleep from the Start newborn course. This will give you all of the strategies, all of the processes of how to get your baby sleeping well and to equip you for their future. All right, now it's time to get into my interview with Dr. Janet West. I hope you enjoy. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and jump into our questions that have to do with the mom. Okay. So these first few questions that came from some of the moms, it's even before baby arrives. Gotcha. So just preparing for and getting ready for the arrival of new baby. This concept of of choosing your pediatrician and interview interviewing a pediatrician before you even have the baby, mm-hmm. I think for I know I know for myself, but for some that seems intimidating, and that that's even like oh you could do that, you know. I remember um, some of my new mom friends were just going to the same pediatrician that they went to growing up because it was comfortable and they knew what to do. But what is your advice and how would you suggest going about first of all finding a pediatrician and then what's this interview process? Like share what that's like and how do you know what to ask and what to do? Okay, so first of all, regardless of where you live, um, you can go onto the American Academy of Pediatrics website and do a search. Um, There's a site called healthychildren.org sponsored by the AAP. You can find a pediatrician that's a member of the American Academy of Pediatrics and is board certified. So that's that's the first thing. The other thing is to really understand that your relationship with your pediatrician is more than just you purchasing a service, right? That's a personal relationship. So you have to really look at it that way. So you're like, think of it as like shopping for a mate, right? Like (laughs) it's that serious, right? Because when your child is sick and you're in distress, you want someone who can be there for you and support you. So it's that serious. And I'm always a little dismayed that moms will go to the hospital and not even thought about choosing a pediatrician. Like they wait till baby's born and then they just have to choose someone out of a telephone book, literally, or a hospital registry. Um, So I just want to lay that groundwork that it's something that I encourage all parents to do the moment you find out you're pregnant. Most practices that are worth their salt will have appointments available so that parents can come in and interview them and visit that practice. If it's a practice that doesn't allow that, then that's not a practice you want to be a part of. Good point. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then second thing is, depending on where you live and what your family structure is, you can get the same quality of care from a family practitioner. So if you have a family practitioner that takes care of whole families, they're able to take care of your child too. So it doesn't necessarily have to be be a pediatrician. So if you have a great relationship with your family practice provider, they can provide the same care as your pediatrician. And that would save you that interview process. And you can ask your family practitioner how comfortable they are with babies. It's part of their training, how comfortable they are with pediatrics, with teenagers, all that stuff, what mm-hmm. their protocols are um, when it comes to dealing with sick visits for kids. So. It doesn't have to be a pediatrician. It can be a family practitioner or a nurse practitioner. So all of those are great options. So that being said, um, going back to the doctor themselves. So all of us in this country have certain standards that we have to adhere to. There's a governing board. So, you know, a lot of sites will say, find out where they went to school, find out how long they've been practicing. And I don't think that's as important. You want to make sure that they have a license and they're board certified or board eligible. I don't care if they went to West Virginia or UCLA or Harvard or Yale. (laughs) 
I really don't care. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, because it's, yeah, it's not about that. Right. So think about, as you're looking at practices, think about, you know, do you want a female physician or a male physician? Um, are you more interested in someone who has children versus someone who doesn't have children? Some people don't trust the advice of a physician who doesn't have children. And that doesn't mean they're not a good practitioner, but if you can't get past that, then, you know, maybe yeah. they, that shouldn't be your doctor. Right. So think about what you need. Is this your first child? Do you feel like you need a lot of handholding? You know, right. those are things to think about. So think about what are my needs? What do I perceive my needs to be? Um, if it's your fourth or fifth kid, you're just going to be like, you know, an old hat. <laughs> and hopefully so, you already have a pediatrician. Hopefully yeah, yeah. you already have. You'd be surprised. Oh, okay, that's true. <laughs> but hopefully you already have someone that right. you see consistently. So that's the other thing. What are your needs? Um, and then um, when families ask me about recommendations, um, I tell them there are two ways to go. So you have huge practices in this area. And practices are like joining forces all the time. They have this economy of scale. Um, and that's because of the way our, our health care system is set up. You have to have this economy of scale to really be, have a good practice. But the benefits of going to a larger practice are they usually have weekend hours and they usually have evening hours. Um, the, one of the downsides is that you might see a different provider every time you go. Oh, yep. Yep. I've been in situations like that. So it's hard to maintain that relationship. Um, so if you are interested in a good uh, larger practice because they have more access, they have more hours, one of the questions I would ask is, how often do I see my primary care provider? Do I at least get to see them for every well visit? And that's what most practices should be aiming for, this concept of a patient-centered medical home that, so that you have continuity, so that when you go, at least at a minimum for those well visits, you see the same provider every time. So if they have a patient-centered medical home type setup, then that would be reassuring in a bigger practice. If they don't have that, I would say find two people in that practice that you like. Talk, yep. talk to some other parents. So if you can't see one, you can see the other one. Another question to ask with the larger practices is when you call, do they have a nurse available for questions so that you can talk to somebody right away? Um, and if they do have a nurse available, how accessible is your doctor then if you need to talk to the doctor? A lot of times those folks are so busy during the day seeing patients that they don't have time to call you back till the end of the day or at night. Um, and you want there are times when you really do just want to speak to your doctor as soon as you can. So can they call you back in an hour or two or is it always going to be we'll get back to you within 24 hours? Those are questions you want to you want to know. Right. Um, the second thing is at night, how do I reach you? Is it a service, somebody in Iowa somewhere on a phone answering the calls or is it someone who knows my child? Um, and most big practices will have a call rotation so that somebody in the practice is on call, mm -hmm. but more and more they're sort of buying into these services so that, and, and doctors wanna have a life too, right? So, you know, so that, you know, the practice can shut down and someone can answer mom's calls. Is there a way to relay that back to the physician though? So if you have a nurse line, can the nurse line then forward me to a physician if that's what I feel like I really need? Sometimes with the nurse line, it's very protocol driven and they're either gonna say, go to the ER urgent care. That's not what you want because that's not always what you need and that leads to just unnecessary visits. Um, so let's see, what was that? So access, that's one thing. And then what if your baby is sick during the day? 
So how fast can you get an acute visit? You know, you call in the morning and say, hey, you know, we got a rash and a high fever. I'm concerned. Can I come in to see the doctor? If it's going to be tomorrow or the next day, that's not quite the answer that you want because right. you called because you want to be seen. Mm -hmm. um, the one caveat to that is if you call and the nurse can reassure you and say, hey, you know, I think baby's okay. They ask you the right questions. Is baby drinking? Is he playing? How does he look? What's worrying you? That's always a good question to ask a mom because sometimes you don't get the heart of what they're worried about. And so she calls and baby has a rash and fever, but it's only been 20 minutes, but she doesn't necessarily share that the kid next door had the same thing and they ended up in the hospital. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So, you know, are they, you know, do are they willing to sort of get to the heart of what's going on? Um, and those things you can sort of tease out in a visit when you're walking through the practice. You want the practice to actually be open and have families there so you can see how people are interacting. <laughs> that just makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times those visits will happen early in the morning or after hours. And so you really don't get a sense for the flow. So you really just kind of want to, even if you do that interview, I'd say drop on in there in the middle of the day, you know, even if it's just to say, hey, you know, I had an interview with Dr. So-and-so and I really liked him and I wanted to see what it was like in the middle of the day. It's okay to do that. They're not going to look at you funny. So, <laughs> Good point, because we do. We think that yeah. that's weird if we don't have a kid, but we're going to the pediatrician. And I'm so glad to hear that that's this, like you should. Yeah, absolutely. Because medicine was so paternalistic for so long and people have like always been intimidated by doctors. And I'm so happy to see that people are sort of getting out of that. That might be a little bit of the Google medicine mentality too. <laughs> right. But, you know... A good physician wants to partner with you. They don't want to dictate to you. They want to partner with you and find out where you are and then find out how to get to a good place so that we can provide care for your baby. Right. So that was the big practice spiel, right? I know I, I was just babbling. Um, <laughs> no, it's, help it's super helpful. So, for, so there are some people that really want that small town feel. They want a small practice with maybe a physician and a nurse practitioner. And that's awesome. You'll see the same person every time but you may not have access to those after hours and those weekends because you know it's a small practice and somebody has to be off sometimes. Um, and in those groups, you're more likely to have a nurse line service. So when you call after hours, you're not able to communicate with your team, someone who knows your baby. Mm. Um, there are a few practices I know, solo practices, where the doctor is on call all the time, but they're so burnt out and I don't know that they provide the best care but just because they're so tired all the time. Um, some doctors will have on their voicemail if it's a solo practice. And I, I saw this a lot when I was in training and their voicemail would say, if you're having issues, go to the ER. That's not the answer. But that's the downside. If you live in a small town, though, you may not have a lot of options for a larger practice, right? It might be a smaller practice. Right. Um, but I have some families that love that just sort of small environment. It's, you know, a pediatrician that they know, they see the same person every time, and, and that fits their need. Yeah, they find comfort in that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and um, there's another category of practice out there. It's a, the health clinics. And so in this area, there's the Capital Area Health Network, and every area has health clinics. And they're called federal, federally qualified health centers, but those clinics have a lot a large Medicaid population, but there are folks that have insurance that go to them too. They typically have this patient-centered medical home setup. 
they're larger, they're multi-location, um, or they have sliding scale fees. And so I would encourage folks, if, if you're on the exchange or if you have Medicaid or you're financially restricted, to look at some of those um, community health centers because they have a lot of resources for families. There might be a WIC office in there, things like that. So I wouldn't discount those. And you can also go visit those too. So they are willing to have families come in, take a tour, talk to the doctor, talk to the medical director. So no matter where you are, no matter how much money you have, you have the right to go and be selective about who takes care of your baby. Well, Dr. West, thank you so much. I feel really honored that I just got to sit here and have a talk with a pediatrician that I've always wanted. Stop it. So this is awesome. And I know that all of you who are listening and a part of this course, um, I know that you're also thankful for this wisdom. So thank you for being here. So how can we get in touch with you? How can we follow you, see what you do, and just keep up with you? You can follow me on Instagram at myrvababy um, or on Facebook at rvababy, or you can visit my website at myrvababy.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Wasn't that so good? Oh man, I loved sitting down with her and that was just 12 minutes. We went through so many questions after this, talking about what are gastrops, what's the difference between gastrops and gripe water, what in the world is gripe water. We talked about how to find if your baby has reflux, what to do about teething as they grow, really just walking through lots of questions. We gained these questions from the moms in my newborn course. So I asked moms, hey, what are some questions that you would like to ask a pediatrician? And so then I just went through a whole list. And for one hour, we talked about it. If you want to get the entire interview, this is actually a bonus within my online newborn course. So head to onlinenewborncourse.com and see all of the sessions that are included in your course and the three bonuses, including this one hour interview with Dr. West. We are so excited that you gained some insight today on how to find a pediatrician. Let us know how it's going. Send us a message either through Instagram or email. Again, you can check out Janet West at my RVA baby on Instagram and I'm at little Z sleep. We want to know how it's going for you and to hear your wins. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I look forward to seeing you here next week. Sweet dreams. See you next time.